Hello and welcome to Unadulterated Podcast, hosted by me, Banke. Uh, here I discuss adulting and the human mind and how it works and how it relates to our well-being and behaviour um, and just, you know, people in, in general. That's that's not a word, I just made, out, made that up, people in. Um, and um, I might throw in some social commentary here and there. So that's what this podcast is about. Uh, before I start today's episode, I just want to remind you to please subscribe and follow or whatever the terminology and whatever platform you use is. Uh, please do that and also rate the podcast. It helps other people to find the pod and it also lets me know what you think, which I actually really want to know what you think. Um, so please follow and subscribe and rate um, and leave a comment as to... Um, what you think of the podcast uh, we're also on social media so follow on social media on instagram and twitter is at on adult pod um, and we can interact during the week uh, when there is a new episode out okay yeah cool So today I'm going to be talking about something that is close to my heart as a cause that I truly care for, (laughs) Uh, something that's really, really dear to me. And I'm going to start off with some quotes and you can tell me if you can figure it out um, from this, right? All right. So the first one is, I don't want to be at the mercy of my emotions. I want to use them to enjoy them and to dominate them. That's by Oscar Wilde. Uh, David Borenstein, who's actually a doctor in rheumatology, so like I think bones and joints and things like that, said, feelings are not supposed to be logical. Dangerous is the man who has rationalised his emotions. And now my third and final of, and my favourite of the three is feelings and feelings and feelings. Let me try thinking instead. And that's by C.S. Lewis, who is my favourite author of all time. Um, And so from these three quotes, I don't know if you've guessed what today's topic is. You might have. All three things have a common thread in them, which is thoughts, feelings and emotions. And yes, that's what I'm talking about today. Specifically zoning in on thoughts. um, And over the last year or so, I've been very aware of the role that thoughts play in my life. Uh, And this isn't unique or specific to me. It's actually, turns out, every human being that has a functioning brain goes through this. And um, I really want to explore that and, and talk about it. Now, before I start, let me just put a disclaimer out there that I am not a mental health or medical professional, okay? Uh, this podcast today is purely for entertainment you know, or maybe some educational purposes. These are my opinions, okay? I just want to put that out, put it out there. If this strikes a chord with you and you would like uh, help, please, I encourage you to see a, a medical or mental health professional. Um, don't delay, go and do it. Um, I think it will work wonders for your life, okay? Okay, great. <laughs> so now that we have that out there... Um, You know, when I was thinking about thoughts and their impact on us, uh, particularly for somebody like me. So I'm a kind of person where I live in my head a lot. Um, I reside in my brain 
and again over the last year I've really learned the importance of getting out of my own head um and so I'm just really intrigued about the whole process right and so I thought I would go back to basics right let's start from the beginning what is a thought and now I went to the dictionary because I go there a lot when I want to define something and the Oxford dictionary defines thought as an idea or opinion produced by thinking or occurring suddenly in the mind so this says that a thought is like a spark you know it just comes out of nowhere it appears suddenly and you're like whoa 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 what is that um I think this I think this definition is a little bit incomplete um it might be a good starting point but I also think it's incomplete um and to put it a little in a bit more of a psychological context um uh, Dr. Karen Lawson, who is from the University of Minnesota, Minnesota, has said, thoughts are mental cognitions, our ideas, opinions and beliefs about ourselves and the world around us. They include the perspectives we bring to any situation or experience that colour our point of view for better, worse or neutral. Um, and I love this. I wholeheartedly agree with this. I think that our thoughts are very much a product of... Um, our experiences and our environments and what's going on around us and um, I think that we develop uh, our view of the world based on our life experiences and of course for everybody it's different right because there are different variables that kind of uh, go into what makes you you as a person. Uh, We all have different upbringings and we all have different lives and for sure, there's something to be said about nature versus nurture. Um, nature is in something that's innate to you and something that is just part of your software, you know, built in. And nurture as in external forces, so things in the environment and, you know, the other variables I was mentioning. Nurture since seems to signify that we are a product of our environment. And I think that that argument is actually really key because it's the reason why you might find two siblings who grew up in the same household uh, having a totally different view, totally different view on life, totally different um, outlook and, and view on things uh, and the world and people. Um, but generally speaking, I definitely do believe that our thoughts are uh, as a result of everything that we've been through, what's been said to us, what we've seen, you know, and that all of those things have therefore shaped how we look at the world. Because in many ways, um, I found out that our thoughts or my thoughts are definitely a function of, uh, or a product of the function of how I view the world. So, you know, for example, if you're a person who is, you think that the world is hostile towards you or that bad things always happen or if you think you know if you have a bias towards certain things your thoughts will confirm that and our thoughts then form our belief systems and vice versa and they they influence them and vice versa and so thoughts are super important um there was a new study that came out in 2020 by um queen's university in canada and they show that on average um, the average person has around 6,200 thoughts per day, which is crazy to me <laughs> because I'm like, what? How? 6,200 thoughts per day is a lot. Um, there are other studies that have 
um you know they have a wide wide range of figures um i i will talk about one uh shortly one of them has quite a large amount of thoughts but let's take the 6200 right there are 86400 seconds in a day now i've done the maths and this equates to about a new thought every 14 seconds that is a lot <laughs> that's crazy and i can really attest to this because i'm the kind of person that before I've even finished a thought, I'm on to a next one. Like even in my own head, I don't even finish a thought. I'm literally on to the next thing. And it's a little bit jarring, <laughs> even for me. And it's me who's talking. And so, you know, imagine if all our, all our minds were like that, you know. Um, and of course, these thoughts range from automatic things like, you know, I suppose actions or decisions that we have to take but also it could and it could range from the mundane like you know oh that show that I saw yesterday why did a character do this or this happened but I would have thought that maybe that would have happened instead to what will I have for dinner today what time is my meeting tomorrow at zoom um did I wash the bathroom yesterday to figuring out um more you know challenging thought processes or thinking very critically about an idea and developing it so thoughts vary and they they are wide ranging, right? And so actually 6,200 thoughts per day is very conceivable. Um, and so because we have these many thoughts, it's very important to know what they are and to know what they're saying. Um, in 2005, there was uh, an, a, a, an article uh, that tried to kind of, again, do research and summarise on human thoughts per day. And they found that the average person has between 12 to 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day, per day. But what I think what is really interesting here is that they said of those thousands of thoughts, 80% were negative and 95% were exactly the same repetitive thoughts as the same day, right? So think about it. If 80% of your thoughts are negative and 95% of, t- of the time you're just repeating what you've thought about before, isn't that scary? Doesn't that then mean that like over an overwhelming amount of time you're thinking about we're more likely to think about something more negative than we are to think about something positive uh, because essentially most of your most of your thoughts are something negative anyway, but what's worse, what compounds it is that your mind just replays the same song over and over again. crazy in another study in two thousand and five um from Cornell University. In America, scientists found out that uh, 85% of what we worry about never happens, right? Just full stop. It never happens. Uh, But secondly, of the 15% that does happen, 79% of people who were studied discovered that either they could handle the difficulty better than expected or that the difficulty taught them a lesson worth learning. And I, for one, can attest to this. in my head, I always things always build up, and I always find things are, like a lot harder than actually they really are. Like, and when I actually do the task, I'm like, oh, that was nothing, <laughs> you know. And so when I read this, I thought, yeah, totally, I can identify with that. And so stats like this for me further drive home the importance of understanding what's going up going on up there, and making sure that it is correct making sure that it's right because if 80% of the time the average person is you know thinking about something negative and 95% of the time 
we are repeating the same thoughts, then it's very easy actually for you to derail and or for our thoughts to derail and go off the wrong path, venture into something that we wouldn't want. And so that's thoughts. But also our thoughts aren't just abstract. You know, they don't just remain in our head and disappear. Actually, they um, influence our, they influence us, they influence our emotions, which in, in turn influence our actions. So like as, as if these stats weren't scary enough, right? Our thoughts don't just originate in our head and remain there. No, no, no. They form neural pathways, which influence our emotions, which then in turn influences our actions. And so um, my good friend, Dr. Karen, you know, she's um, made a point about this and said that we tend to believe that emotions are just part of us and can't be changed. However, research has established that emotions are malleable. They can be changed um, and either by shifting our attention, so choosing to focus on something a bit more positive um, or a more positive aspect out of a situation. Uh, and this is very true because, say, for example, you have a thought that um, I I want to do something, um, but then you think, oh, I'm going to suck at it. Your emotions in, in that will then follow to to be, for example, that could create a sad emotion because you think, well, I'm going to suck at this thing that I'm going to do. Or... It may not be sadness, it could be anxiety about it. For, for me, it's, it's more likely than not, it's anxiety. So if, if I say, so if, for example, there's a big task I have to do, and if my automatic thought is, I'm going to suck at it, it creates anxiety in me, which, because I'm like, mm, if I'm going to suck at it, I don't do it. And the resulting action in that is I procrastinate. And then I don't do that thing that I'm supposed to do. And it, I'm going to use myself as a study here. This happens a lot more times than I would like to admit. <laughs> uh, it's actually really bad. And, um, you know, it's, you know, times when I actually do force myself and I go out of my way and I do it. Um, I think, oh, that was nothing. You know, that like, that. why was, what was I worried about in the first place? It's because the, it goes back to the origin of that. What started the anxiety and procrastination was the thought of, it's going to suck or I'm going to suck, thereby leading to anxiety, thereby leading to procrastination. For example, this episode of this podcast is a prime example. When I first decided that I wanted to do this, I wanted to talk about it. Um, one of my first instincts or one of my first thoughts was, it's, oh, you know, it's not going to be that great because, you know, oh, I'm not like a, a mental health professional or whatever. And I think for, for, for a little bit, there was procrastination in that. I mean, yes, I was researching and I said, yeah, I'm putting together ideas, but I know that deep down, if I really questioned myself, a lot of it was procrastination. But here I am, I'm actually doing it and I'm, I'm actually talking about it. And one, once I kind of got my material together, I was like, this is nothing. <laughs> like, why did I think this is going to be anything like, scare, you know, like bad or scary? Again, it goes back to what I was saying. It was the original thought, right? And so I am super passionate about actually us understanding what's going on in our head, taking back control of our minds. Um, I'll give you another quote from, a, from uh, you know, a professional, Sonia Lubomirsky. 
I've probably butchered that, my apologies, but, uh, uh, and other positivity researchers, they found that 50% of happiness is determined by your set point or genetics, so the nature elements that I was discussing earlier, and 10% is determined by your circumstances, so finances, health, living situation, etc. Um, the other 40% is based upon your own intern- in- intentional efforts to become happier, meaning you have a big say in how you feel. And I completely agree with Sonia. Um, I think further to that is that uh, we need to take control of our thoughts. And that's where the name of the title of this episode comes from, Control, Alt, Delete. Now, everybody listening to this has experience of a computer in some form or the other. Um, if you If you disagree with me, look at how you're listening to me right it's probably on a phone a smartphone or a computer or something a smartphone is a type of computer and so um when you have a a computer particularly a windows pc because i think mac's different but you press control when your computer is freezing or you know it's jammed something's happened to it um you press control or to delete. I remember at school in ICT, whenever we were doing something in class and say, your, my, for example, my computer was to freeze, the teacher would always say control or to delete to start task manager. What task manager does is that it lets you, uh, it, interu- it lets you interrupt programs running in the background, which are causing a jam in your computer. Right. So it's like um, an overseeing hand that kind of just goes in, finds out the problem, quits the problem and boom, good to go. Your computer is no longer um, jammed. It's no longer frozen. You can continue. And actually, for our thoughts, we need that. We need to oftentimes we need to control alt delete the regular programming that's going on in our heads to check them to see what is this thought? What is happening here? What is it resulting in? And then putting ourselves back on track if we find that the original root and process is not right. And so I encourage everybody, it's so important to check your minds a lot, check your thoughts a lot. What are you thinking about? You know, what is the story that's going on up there? Um, and I have here four tips uh, to just from my own personal experience um, and things that I've learned. Um, four tips in ways in which I disrupt and interrupt the regular programming going on upstairs in my brain. <laughs> and so my number one and honestly the most groundbreaking of it all uh, tip is that you don't have to accept or entertain every thought that comes into your mind and this sounds so simple it sounds you know so straightforward 
But for me, it was very groundbreaking because I used to accept every thought that came into my head because I thought, well, it's me, right? So surely it's me. If it's my thoughts, it must be good. It can't be bad. (laughs) You know, like it can't be there to harm me. Um, If I'm the originator of the thought, you know, I have the best, I like to think I have my own self best interest. So therefore it must be good, right? Wrong. Um, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, oftentimes when I, uh, when just the regular programming is going on, it tends to drift into things that I wouldn't prefer. And I think for a long time, I kind of just thought, well, that's, that's kind of how it is. Um, you know, I think there was a popular misconception that, um, our thoughts are just happening to us. Um, they control us. We don't control them, but actually it's the opposite. That's true. Um, we have the power to control our thoughts. Um, there are so many scientific studies to back this up to say, actually, no, you can uh, be in the driver's seat. You can drive. Um, your thoughts don't control you. Actually, it should be the other, other way around. Uh, you can take control of your thoughts to make sure that whatever you're thinking is right. Um, and yeah, one thing that I've definitely found out oftentimes through the, through, a painful way <laughs> is that um not every thought that comes into your head is good and I don't even mean that in the sense of you might think a mean thing towards somebody else I mean that in a sense of the stories that you're telling to yourself about yourself because guess what yourself is listening you are listening and so if you if if the narrative is negative if the narrative is one that you wouldn't even let somebody else say to you if the narrative is you know, like just, yeah, negative, really. Um, I think it's really important that you scratch, back up, you know, control, alt, delete, take control of, you know, your thoughts yourself, interrupt them, essentially is what I'm saying, interrupt your thoughts and think, okay, this is wrong. So let me then get myself back onto the right track, right? And so, that's really important. Um, I've recently started doing this. When I say recently, I mean in the past year or so. Um, being very intentional and mindful of what's going on in my head. Because oftentimes I'm not even aware of where, what the origin is. Um, and then I just always think, you know, what is it? And that's actually going to my second point. So I've kind of covered the second point in the first. Which is to think about the origin of your thoughts. Um what am I, what I mean about this is that it's very important to challenge your thoughts. So, you know, is it based on a lie or is it based on the truth? Ask yourself that, you know, you know, what is evidence from this? So one of the things that, again, has really stuck out to me. So I should say that I've been to therapy um, twice, even no less. And I love it. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, I'm so glad that over the last few years, there's been a lot of work to destigmatize um, kind of mental health um, moments or issues um, and, um, you know, just normalizing, very much normalizing therapy and counseling and help. And I love therapy. I think it just, it helps me to get out of my own head. It helps me to think differently about things and see things um yeah, in a way that I hadn't thought about before. And um, for me, for many ways, therapy has been a way to control or to delete my thoughts. 
Um, I love it so much. Like I said, I've been twice. I know that I will go again in the future. Um, like nothing particularly specifically wrong, but I definitely think that I, every now and then I'm going to go just to retune things, you know, a little bit. It's like you have a car and you're, you're, you take your engine in for service, you know, to the man, well, therapist isn't my manufacturer, but you know what I mean? You take your set, your car to the mechanic every you know, every few months or years to just make sure that everything's okay. They tighten a few bolts, they check your wires, etc., etc. Mental, you know, for me, therapy is the same. Or like your your physical health, you know, every now and then you should go to your doctor. Every now and then you should go to your dentist. It's the same thing. And so I love therapy. And um, one of the things that, um, one of the tools that I have used in previous sessions as a thought diary and what this does is it just it challenges the origins of your thoughts right and so say for example there's a thought that's come into your head that says I'm lazy right so you just think that you're a lazy person and it's like okay well one of the things that a thought diary will ask you is it asks you to state the situation so give a context right you know I'm lazy because I don't know I couldn't read 10 pages yesterday I found that really hard for example (laughs) and then it asks you to attach an emotion to that right so an emotion could be like anger sadness worry you know whatever whatever it is um and then you talk about the thoughts that went through your mind as you were thinking that where is the evidence for this for this thought for you to have accepted this to be true where is the evidence for it um and oftentimes when I've done this I found that there is no evidence for this. <laughs> when I found myself to be in a in a thinking trap, which is um what they call it, is and then I sit, then I, I challenge myself and I say, well, wh- where is the evidence for for this thought? Oftentimes, I'm left speechless because I'm like, oh, there is no evidence for this for this thought. Um, but also, if there is evidence for it, then I say, okay. Then I write it down and I say, well, the evidence for it is, well, I couldn't do the reading or something, right? And then I go, all right, what, what is evidence that goes against this thought or evidence that doesn't support this notion that I've put in my head? And it will be several things as, say, if I'm going with a laser point, for example, it will be several things that I've achieved and done through hard work in my life. And most times, overwhelmingly, even if there is a, if, if there is evidence for the negative thing, there's typically evidence, there's typically a lot more evidence for the positive thing. And so um, the essence of that, this is just a general overview, but the essence of what I'm trying to get at is that oftentimes the origin of your thoughts aren't legit, you know, to put it, to put it quite simply, they're not legit. They, it can be based on the lie. And if it's not, I think it's just, I've equally, it's good to know, you know, like, you know, just challenge yourself, check yourself. Are my thoughts based on a lie? If they if they are, then control alt delete. Reroute yourself back to the truth. Are my thoughts based on the truth? Yes, wonderful. Keep going, you know, keep press enter, keep going. If we're going with the computer analogy, keep going because you're on the right path. And so yes, number one, um definitely you don't have to accept every thought that comes into your mind because um not every thought is good, even though it's you. Um, secondly is also to think about the origin of your thoughts and to challenge it to make sure and you know if it's wrong control alt delete to make sure that you 
get back on right track. Um, and, you know, I think going, going along with that, it's very important to catch yourself when you are, um, when, when you're thinking things, uh, particularly I'm, I'm, I'm focusing more on things that aren't good because if you're thinking things that are good, wonderful, by all means, go forth, prosper, continue, because that's great. Um, uh, and you know, times when I'm thinking something good, I'm always like, yes, more of this, please. Like we got to go on. But you know, if the study that I read earlier, if that's true, where it says that 80% of the things we think are negative, then I think that if we're all being honest with ourselves, more often than not, we find that our thoughts are based on a negative thing. Now, it doesn't have to be like something super serious, <laughs> but negative nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? So that's, 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 I think that's why it's so important to check ourselves and to see, well, what story are we telling ourselves? And if it's not good, control opt delete and put yourself back on the right track. Um, and so, yeah, my, my third, I've kind of just talked through these, but my third thing was going to be, um, you know, making sure that you catch yourself, uh, when these things happen. So my, my third tip was going to be, this is very much an exercise that requires practice. You're, you're probably not going to get it right the first time or the second time or the third time, you know, like it's like with anything, it's like with exercising, for example, when you first start, it's hard and you're out of breath all the time and your chest burns. (laughs) But like soon enough, if you continue along, along with it, you start to find that it's easier. You can run faster. You can do your hits for longer, etc. You become stronger. And the same thing is our thoughts, right? So the more we continue to exercise, um, questioning our thoughts, checking them, control or it's deleting, um, if if it, if we find that it's stuck or it's frozen or we're in a jam, the more we do that, actually, the better we become at catching ourselves. So when I first started doing this, for me, it was like a bit hard and more times I would find myself just going back into autopilot and just like you know allowing all sorts of thoughts in but actually the more I did it the easier it became for me to catch myself so if I notice a thought I always think hmm where is the evidence for this oftentimes there is none so I think ah that's not right and then I then I you know put my my chain of thoughts back on to the right tracks I'm gonna keep it pushing because Otherwise, I I always find that if I'm not actually actively checking them, um, it yeah, it's very possible that like that study said it could be based on something negative, um, and you know I think that just my advice for doing this would really just be to, um, just question your thoughts. You know, you could start by questioning, kind of every every significant thoughts that you have during the day and you will know what those are because like I said we think 6,200 thoughts per day of course it's impossible to do a detailed analysis on each one (laughs) but I think that actually when we think significant thoughts because oftentimes those are ones that are born out of our belief systems if we question those right if we catch those and we question the origins then we can see, you know, is this based on a lie? Is this correct? Where is the evidence for this? Where is the evidence against this? And then that way we can put our thoughts back into a train of thought, um, back onto the right track. Um, and my final, my final advice is just to say, don't allow external voices to perpetuate the, um, you know, the, the, 
I suppose, negative or autopilot thoughts that are going on in your mind. Um, don't, and when I say external forces, I just mean other people. So, you know, voices outside of your head. And I don't mean that in like a woo-woo-woo way. <laughs> I just mean other people. <laughs> um, and so, you know, don't allow other other people to perpetuate um, the, the negative things that are going on in your head. For example, if I'm continuing with the lazy um, analogy, if people joke all the time that you're lazy, you have to call that out and you have to set a barrier you have to say, don't, please don't do that. Don't say that. That's not true. Um, I don't appreciate joking in that manner. Um, and to stop it, because I think it's one thing for you to be doing the work internally. But actually, if you keep hearing it out loud from other people, that's not good. Like, that's going to make you keep feeding on that. And then you will then start to think, then it perpetuates those thoughts. And you think, oh, okay, you know, maybe I am lazy. Yes, it might be in jest, but if you hear it so many times enough, then your thoughts will be stuck in it. And then they um, lead to other negative thoughts. And so I think it's really important that we um, just make sure that we are things or people that are in close proximity to us. Um, It's a safe environment. We create a safe environment for ourselves. You know, if somebody is saying something that goes against something that a habit that you're trying to break um if they're saying something that is in collaboration with a thought or thought process that you're trying to break it's very important to call that out and it's very important to nip it in the bud and to stop it and to not allow that person to continue saying it because here you are trying to work against that thought and so it's very important it was very important that as we're doing the work inside and internally and within, um, without and externally, it's corresponding with what we're trying to do inside. Um, and so I have, I found these four things that I've been doing to be really helpful. I found them to be quite effective in, um, the ways in which I try to manage my thoughts. I think it's really all about taking control um, of our thoughts, um, not letting them control you. Actually, you have the power because our thoughts um, influence our emotions, which in turn influence our actions. And if the thought is bad, the emotion is going to be bad. And you can be certain that the action too is going to be bad. You know, that's why if people believe the wrong things, then they start to act in an irrational manner that would seem to other people as a little bit crazy. And guess what? It's because the origin, the thought going on originally is bad, and so a bad you're gonna get a bad apple from a bad tree, it, you know, like it's that's just how it works, um, and so I really hope that um these tips have helped. Uh, these are tips that just I use. Again, I want to say that I am not a mental health professional. These this this is just for entertainment purposes only and I'm sharing my own experience or things that I found out um through my own just readings and honestly just general fascinations about just like the mind and the power that it holds um our mind is very powerful um it's always telling you a story and you are always listening and so it's always important to to make sure that the story that is telling is is good <laughs> so that you can keep telling yourself good things and in turn keep thinking good things keep keep feeling good things and keep doing good things you know you see what I'm saying you feel my vibe 
Okay. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I love you for listening today. Um, I hope that you are well. And if you're not, I'm sorry. Um, I hope that you were able to get back to a place where you feel well again. All right. Until next time, I'll see you later. Bye.